the Growth Happens Dawn to Dusk podcast with Matt Devitt. He talks with people about their journey, where they succeeded and failed to help others on their quest. We're all on a journey that starts and ends every day. This is when we grow between dawn and dusk. And now your host, Matt Devitt. Welcome back, everybody, for another edition of the Growth Happens Dawn to Dusk podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey with a good friend of mine. She is a tattoo artist. Her name is Kat Kettery, and you're really going to enjoy a lot of topics that she touches on. But before we get into that, if you would, take a second, leave a like, a share, five stars, review. All of it helps. I, again, appreciate all the support you guys have been giving me on my new podcast. It really means a lot. The comments, the feedback, it's all really helpful. So if you would, definitely take those two to three, four, five seconds tops to hit the like, share, subscribe, review, five stars. It's all fantastic. Now back to Kat. Kat is an amazing tattoo artist. She had an interesting start in the career, and we crossed paths many, many years ago. It was a lot of fun just to catch up with her, get her perspective on her trade and her craft, as well as just general ideas of how to get started into something new. So I hope you really enjoy this. So with that being said, and without further ado, Kat Kettery. All right, there we go. It's official. So Kat, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and uh, everybody out there just about you, maybe not so much you, but the journey from when you and I first met way, way back in the day up at college in a yeah. sociology class. Was it sociology? Was yeah. that the class? Yes, it was, it was a intro level sociology class with a professor who didn't speak a ton of English and didn't really have a strong grasp on any kind of social skills, which you know, it's pretty funny. So we had a we had a lot of fun times uh, uh, poking fun at that. Yeah, I think we also had a lot of we also had a lot of free time, which was kind of interesting because that's where you and I uh, got to know each other in passing, like we said, and and more throughout the years. And mm-hmm. I had tossed out the idea to you because I always saw you doodling, which I mean, I don't mean to make it seem low art, but oh, no. always, I mean, always doodling. At that time in my life, it was definitely doodling back then. It was not professional. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so I saw you doing that. Uh, we went back and forth, gave you a couple of ideas. You drew up uh, a tattoo that I thought was awesome. And you showed it to me on like a Thursday afternoon, I think for class. I met up with you for Friday and we went and, and I got it tattooed. And still the only tattoo that I actually have uh on my back between my shoulder blades so i like to think i had something to do with your with your uh excellent career you have now as a tattooist so i like to think i had a small I mean, part, you know, part in that <laughs> yeah that's uh there's 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 definitely some truth to that because you know as much as i uh was interested in drawing pretty much uh all of my life you know you're always you always have it beaten into your head that art is not a thing that you can pursue for a living you know so it really never seriously occurred to me to do anything with it you know aside from basically just doodling you know and even though like designing other people's tattoos and you know in that case actually going with you to get the tattoo still did not ever occur to me that it was an option not until later and then i reflected back and thought you, you know what i've actually been doing this already so yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, it, it, it's kind of interesting because you're right. Cause you know, we had, we had stayed in touch for a little while after, cause I graduated um, that yeah. year when I got yeah, that, that, that yeah. tattoo 
And uh, we stayed in touch. And you're right, it wasn't for, you know, I want to say many, it probably wasn't that. Um, but yeah, until we kind of caught up again, and mm -hmm. you were living in Chicago, and you were actually pursuing a lot more of the, I guess, the apprenticeship. So I guess for those out there, yeah. um, take us through what that kind of looked like, you know, kind of realizing this is what you wanted to pursue. And then you know, what does it mean to actually apprentice where you're going to one day ink flesh? So um, like a lot of other tattooers, I had kind of a roundabout experience with my apprenticeship because, I mean, it's not a, it's not a terribly formal uh, sort of job where there's, there is a real formal training. There's a lot of uh, tradition and, uh, I don't know, a lot of unspoken rules about like how the right way to go about becoming a tattooer is, which, you know, typically is agreed upon to be serving an apprenticeship under someone who already tattoos. And, you know, in some cases you walk out and that goes smoothly. Um, in my case, I had a more typical experience where uh, uh, the uh, owner of the shop that I was apprenticing for basically just took a lot of my money and moved to the other side of the country after three months of me cleaning a shop and he wasn't around and people would come looking for him and wonder if uh, he had the money that they were owed and I had no idea and I was starting to get a pretty bad feeling about it because uh, it just didn't didn't seem like a good situation but uh, I was pretty determined to try to make it work um, and I felt like even though that may not have been the best situation it was at the very least a foot in the door and uh, it was something I kind of came to in, in, in a likewise roundabout way. Like my original plan was actually, uh, I, I was in my first semester of uh, grad school to be a cultural anthropologist. And I just, I kind of had this moment of realization where it just seemed like a better idea to me and a more effective thing to learn to do something, to like really, you know, like learn a trade, like learn something that I could carry with me, you know, that wasn't going to change depending on, what the state of higher education is, you know, which in my, in my opinion, and, and this has been pretty well backed up by everything I've observed about it since, I, I just felt like the state of higher education wasn't really something that I could depend on, you know, like all these professors, uh, like I, I could have been, you know, a professor, but I probably would have been an adjunct and I would have had to have just lived wherever uh, I possibly could find a job. I would never get tenure, you know, and it just, it just wasn't looking, it wasn't looking, it was looking like something that wasn't going to be a passion for me. It was looking like something that maybe I was doing for the sake of my own ego, you know, like we have test scores and you do well enough in school. It's generally, you have this expectation of yourself. that's maybe not your own expectation, but what you think others expect of you. And there was just a point where I realized that the reasons I was doing it Despite, you know, I was interested in the field, but I mean, you know, like, isn't it just kind of a, after a point stroking my own ego to pursue something that I just didn't really see that much of a strong future in? So, you know, so I didn't. <laughs> um, so I went completely the other direction with it and uh, decided to make doodling my living. Um, and the way that that came about was actually kind of interesting. It happened at the same shop that I'm currently working at where I was uh, just going in at the time to... Uh, get tattoos and I had brought some sketches uh, for my artist to look at of some of my ideas for my arm and he said to me um, you know have you ever thought about like actually doing this and I just you know I was like, no no <laughs> like, like had not ever occurred to me because back then now this was prior to all the, the tv shows and the 
kind of fanfare and the, the, the rising popularity of it in the media and stuff, you know, it still was at that time, this was 13, 14 years ago, like generally much less socially acceptable. There was a lot more secrecy around how to get into the field, um, which is just much generally different than it is now, you know. Um, so, you know, it had never even occurred to me how you would become a tattooer, like had no, no clue about it whatsoever. So, um, but yeah, like, uh, after that point, I decided to seriously pursue it and, uh, had that first, like, real terrible experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. So even despite that, I decided to stick with it through many, many, many other terrible experiences that eventually got me on the track to, uh, where I am now. So with all the ups and downs that came along with, you know, just even getting to the point to where it sounds like you had a stable, you know, program, if we wanted to call a program, but at least a stable learning experience where you could feel like you were building up. What was it about, you know, tattooing? Because, you know, art is wide and varied, you know, I mean, I remember you, you know, doing stuff on, on paper. I mean, you still send out awesome Christmas cards that I still get to this day, you know, so that's in a, in a very different medium than, you know, people. What was the intriguing part about, you know, tattooing that, you know, because uh, I get it, you're, you know, being stubborn is great, but what was really the drive of like, okay, I'm going to do art, but this medium is is really what I want to focus on. Yeah, you know, um, well, I have, I, have a, I have a couple answers for that, like one that was there from the get-go and then one that became kind of the more important overarching reason that I ended up kind of sticking with it. And it's been the more uh, like ultimately satisfying reason. So first it was that like nothing was ever really terribly a challenge to me, you know, like as soon as I figured out something, I, I kind of lost interest in it, you know, like with most things that I pursued, as soon as I had it figured out, I was like, Oh, okay, I get this, you know, I'm bored with it now. I'm going to move on. Um, drawing to me has always presented uh, a level of challenge that is is continually evolving. Um, like you're always, always, always solving visual puzzles. And that's kind of something that, um, it's something I find satisfying in a way that I don't really find much else satisfying, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Like a lot of people tell you that you have to pursue what makes you happy. And, you know, I, I agree to that to some extent, but um, I guess in my case, uh, it's more important to me to pursue something that I find uh, satisfying in that way. You know, if it's not always going to make you happy, you know, but uh, it is always going to pose a challenge, something that you can rise to and continue to grow and expand. There's really no ceiling on it. You know, there's never going to be a point where you're done learning. Like there's always going to be some aspect of technical application that you could do better on or some new breakthrough in technology that you're going to have to master or, you know, some, some other such challenge, uh, like, you know, how to work in, in different kinds of skin or, you know, like how to blend color with this person's skin tone or like, there's just, just a never ending amount of challenges, like in, on, on all levels of it that I, I think are just great. And it has always been something that's appealed to me. Um, also like the appeal of kind of doing a job that more or less has been around since the beginning of humans is really cool. And I feel really honored to be able to be a part of that. Like, it's just, it's a cool, it's a cool legacy, you know, like from the earliest humans, they have found tattoos. Every single culture since the beginning of time has some way 
of symbolic marking and I just find that really to be a cool thing like well, whatever their meaning is behind it you know um, you're just it's a it's a culture in and of itself you know and I've always found that really fascinating and really cool um, later on uh, like one thing that I have uh, found that is, is just like, like I was saying earlier like my continued passion with it uh, like I realized the power that it had to kind of give us control of our space. Um, I remember one of the first projects I worked on where it really, really dawned on me, like that this was really the right thing. This was when, I think probably within my first year of tattooing, uh, like full time, uh, I had a woman come in who had had a double mastectomy and she decided to give us the reconstructive surgery because um, I think her, her general line of reasoning was, uh, you know, like, I'm never going to have the body back that I knew, you know, so part of the healing process for her was to, you know, instead of trying to fight to get back to what was her norm, she was just going to let it evolve and become something new um, that she had some control over. So she decided to not get the reconstructive surgery, but to tattoo the area. Um, so we got done with the tattoo and she looked down at it and she's just, you know, starting to tear up a little I'm starting to tear up a little and she says well this is what I'll see now and I just thought that was you know that's a really cool uh powerful thing to be able to be a part of I've gotten to work on a lot of projects like that and it's just it's always rewarding in a way that I don't know that anything else to me ever would have been and every time you know anytime I'm having a bad day like it's just it's hard to really stay mad about it for too long because the thing that you get to do for people uh, in circumstances like that is just, I mean, you can't be mad about it, you know? Uh, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I guess I didn't really think of it from the standpoint of, you know, you're, you're doing something for a person and, you know, uh, probably what a lot of people think for, you know, tattooists is, you know, the, uh, the I heart, you know, the, I love mom, you know, kind of thing on the shoulder yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. he, oh, there's, there's he, plenty he, of that too. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that, 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 uh, has been a theme for a long time for good reason, right? It's, it's, it's always mm -hmm. present, yeah. but yeah. you know, I really find it interesting that, uh, you know, yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about it in the sense of, you know, you can actually help people evolve in the space. I like the way that you use that word with, um, yeah. you know, how people see themselves and how they're occupying their own, you know, their own space, their own body, really. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's very, that's one very, that's cool. Yeah. You know, one thing that a lot of clients will say to me, and this is something I definitely feel myself, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of, of people, uh, I think it was in the last like couple months, years, you know, say, um, you know, getting tattooed and, you know, every, every time I, I get something and, and modify this space and, you know, decorate it and stuff, it, it makes me feel more like who I feel like I really am. You know, it makes me feel more like my genuine self, you know. And that's just, it's, it's a cool thing, you know, like our, our bodies are, are such a huge part of our identity um, that being able to affect that for some people is, is just, it's such a cool thing. You know, um, I tattoo a lot of women who, you know, like, you know, not, not, I mean, every human has body image issues, you know, it's just a, it's how, it's how we, how we do, how we live. 
but you know, it's it's really nice being able to take a you know like somebody who I mean, they don't like some part of their body, you know, like in my case, like I never would wear shorts or skirts or anything because they had some, you know, stupid ideas about like, oh my God, somebody's going to see the wrinkly part of the back of my knee or some other dumb, insecure uh, thing that we, we think that, you know, probably nobody but us even notices or thinks about, you know, but um, now that I have a lot of tattoos on my legs and cool pictures and cool stories, fuck, I don't care what I wear. Like, um, it, just, it doesn't even occur to me anymore. I don't even think about that stuff. It completely gave me back control of, of, of all of that. It's just not stuff that even crosses my mind anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very empowering to know that uh, even when everything else seems like it's out of control, as long as you still have control of your space, as you said, or like your body, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that can be a very empowering feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So as you go through the mentor process, it sounds like you finally settled uh, with somebody (laughs) that was going to be a good, you know, mentor, mentee kind of relationship. What was it about that relationship? I mean, maybe it was the fact that nobody was asking this guy for money. I I don't know. But what what are some of the qualities (laughs) that you think made that a good relationship to get you through the novice into amateur to professional? Well, you know, um, so here's the thing about that. I actually, um, the large part of it was stumbling without a lot of guidance, unfortunately. Um, I really, um, I don't know that I ever necessarily had any one particular person that I looked at as a mentor because uh, over the course of the next um, months and and, and honestly years of, of my career, um, I just kind of stumbled right in from like one bad situation into another. Like I ended up uh, like after that first shop, I ended up working for a woman for about a month who closed her shop due to high operating costs. Like not even a month later, she imparted a few things on me. Like, um, I don't know, like the, the tattoo community, it's, it's, it's really colorful, I guess is the, um, you know, like, haha tattoos but I mean the the personalities the people with very big personalities um not a lot of you know generally formal education you know and then like the kind of people that are drawn to the tattoo industry um they tend to be people who are either like well maybe not either like some combination of or one or the other of people who are entrepreneurial um are able to maintain their own schedules and kind of you know, operate an independent business and maintain their clientele and do their work and stuff without like a lot of outside influence or anybody kind of telling them what to do. Um, but also, um, you know, it's a it's a good avenue if you are the kind of person who likes to be paid in cash at the end of the night and have no accountability. <laughs> like so, um, you know, maybe not so much anymore, but definitely then. So you know, we run into a lot of fairly interesting characters. And I guess like what I ultimately came to was rather than focusing on trying to learn from any one particular person, uh, because what you're getting when you're learning from one particular person as a mentor, um, like everything in the industry for the most part is is a matter of artist preference and, you know, the tools you use, the way you draw, um, there's a million opinions about what way to do things is the right way. And when you're learning from one person, you're getting their take on what they consider the right way to be. So, you know, in some ways, I think it would have been nice to learn from just like one mentor. I think it would probably would have put me ahead a little bit sooner um, had I been able to do that. But I also kind of feel like I was a little bit more fluid in being able to develop uh, like my own 
uh, style and my own opinions about things, just having to go through it mostly uh, on my own by trial and error or learning from a handful of people and all of their various opinions and, you know, things they think have to be done a certain way or, you know. Um, so, like, from that particular woman, like, she definitely, her primary concern uh, and emphasis was on bloodborne pathogen standards, you know, which was definitely, I wouldn't say something that I really got from anybody else after that. Um, there definitely are varying levels of, of artist concern about that subject, you know, like not that anybody's particularly unclean, but some people are just much more rigid about it than others. So that definitely reinforced that to me from uh, from an early early time period. But that person was not as concerned about um, keeping up with the times with tattooing and technology and new inks and what's available that could be better. And so I, there there really wasn't a lot. Um, for me to learn from that situation aside from that. Um, and, you know, in a handful of those situations, all I learned was, uh, wow, man, you really kind of have to be able to fly on your feet and, and, and not have to be in a position to trust anybody in this job. <laughs> like, uh, but I don't know. It would have been probably helpful in some ways to have like a more, uh, solid mentor figure, but, um, I don't know, it's just, it's a strange, it's a strange industry, like, it's very fluid, people are very nomadic, artists tend to move around a lot, like, uh, shops open and close fairly frequently, it's pretty turbulent, um, so it's definitely a situation where you just really have to try to learn as much as you can from everybody that you come across, and that pool and that collective of artists, you know, and, and from that, you know, you, you find your own way, you know, because you really can't learn the job but by doing it, so, um, yeah. So that's 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 how I went about it. That's how I try to look at it still. No, it's it's the uh, it's interesting because you basically uh, and I'm going to butcher this quote because I think it's from Bruce Lee, but it's basically take in everything and then only keep what you find useful. Um, something yeah, along yeah, those lines. So let's say somebody mm -hmm. was getting into it doesn't have to be tattooing, um, but the arts in general. How do you feel as far as, you know, you should, you know, breadth, you know, breadth as far as trying a bunch of different styles or depth? Kind of which way would you say, okay, if you wanted to get into the arts, would you tell somebody like pick something and go deep or try a whole bunch of crazy stuff and then maybe figure out if you want to go deep in one area? Probably more the latter. Um, I don't know. It, like, uh, unless you have a pretty strong idea of, like, what your natural talents tend to be, like, it's really, it's a good idea to try a whole bunch of things. You know, when you first start out tattooing, uh, or at least, and this is, once again, this is my opinion, but, you know, it's it's a good idea to try a lot of styles. Um, like, originally, I think uh, my, my original intended emphasis, I really wanted to do photorealism, you know, but after trying to do it for a while, I realized, uh, I was spending a lot of time fighting my own hand, you know. Um, it just isn't really, it's not what my hand does when I sit down to draw, you know. So um, could I have been decent at it? Like, I mean, if I'd put in a lot of time and effort, yeah. Like, I think, honestly, like any artist, you can probably get passably decent at something, like if you put a lot of time and energy into it. But um, it's, in my opinion, a better idea to try a large variety of things and see, you know, see what your hand does see what you gravitate towards and where your natural talents are and and then try to hone those because you're going to spend a whole lot less time fighting yourself. You're going to spend a whole lot less time frustrated. 
and uh, you're probably just going to have you're, you're going to be able to excel at something at a much faster rate than if you're spending a lot of time saying, well, this is the kind of artist I want to be, and then uh, having to struggle against your own brain to try to make that happen. So I ha I have to ask at this point. So we've been talking about training, you know, working, figuring out your style, you know, where your skill set is. And in the back of my head, I can think of just lots of people walking around with absolutely terrible tattoos because you got to okay. try it sooner. So, yeah, well, so, but it's like, how do you, is there a way to practice without in quotes, you know, practicing, um, or at least, you know, are, how, how do you end up actually just like trying out new ideas without being like, Hey buddy, uh, you want to come in here and, uh, let me slap something on your shoulder. Um, I'm going to be perfectly honest. That is actually how it works typically. <laughs> um, you know, that's why I, I wanted uh, to ask. <laughs> yeah, that, that is kind of how it goes actually. Um, I mean, when I was first starting out, uh, I, I really tried hard to, uh, avoid uh, making a lot of mistakes that I was going to have to either clean up later or, you know, it just honestly, uh, like a lot of people will say, oh, well, you don't want your name attached to something that isn't good. And like, it's not really even to me so much about reputation. It's just, it really bums me out knowing that there's something walking around out there that I did that someone's unhappy with. You know, it, it's, it's one of the inevitable things, you know, when you do this kind of job, like you can't satisfy everybody. You can do your best, but, you know, at the same time, you know, like I have seen really, really excellent pieces done by amazing artists on people who are just miserable about it. Like when I was in Chicago, I had a woman come into a shop I worked in out there and she had one of the most amazing pieces uh, from an artist who it is pretty famous out there. I won't, you know, I won't throw the name out, but I mean, like she's a pretty well-known uh, established artist. She's a great person. She's uh, super stellar. And I'm sure that uh, having met her, like she did everything that she could to satisfy this client. And this woman just hated, she just fucking hated her tattoo, hated it. Um, and, you know, it was at that moment that it kind of dawned on me, man, like no matter how good I am, no matter what I do, I'm not going to make everybody happy with this. Um, and, you know, some, but I also really tried hard not to make a lot of really huge rookie mistakes early on by like taking on full sleeves after six months of tattooing or that kind of thing. You know, I just, I knew it was irresponsible. So I tried really hard not to do it. Um, and nowadays, like when I'm trying out something new, I'm a lot more confident in my technical ability just because I've been doing it for so long that I'm pretty sure that whatever I do, it's not going to be uh, a catastrophic mess, you know. Um, but, you know, back then, I mean, when you try your first photorealism piece or you do your first portrait, you've never done one before, you're spending a lot of time, you know, with sweaty palms hoping this goes is hopefully this goes well. <laughs> like, um, and I've always tried not to uh, like ex experiment on clients. You know, it was more one of those things. You get your friends to come in, or you know, um, uh, and and just say like, hey, I want to try this. Um, you know, be real honest about where I'm at. Um, but we all have to kind of we have to learn somewhere, and, and unfortunately, with this job, it just isn't there. The practice skins are available. Um, I practiced a little bit on grapefruit when I was first starting out, um, which really nothing like human skin. It was really more to get the weight of the machine in my hand and used to that kind of thing, and applying a stencil and working on a three-dimensional surface, you know. Um, but it's not really an analog skin, so mm -hmm. yeah, you do just have to call people in and say like, hey. 
I want to try to uh, morph this giraffe with a toaster. How are you feeling about it? You want to get that? Because, uh, you know, that'd be cool if you did. <laughs> In your most confident, my palms aren't sweating, don't don't look at them kind of way. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you, you do this a lot? Yeah, yep, totally. Yep, I, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be super cool. <laughs> like, do you um, remember yeah. the piece you were working on where you know in the back of your mind like you were able to take like a deep breath the palms weren't sweating when you were getting into it and you're like yeah I think I got this oh yeah yeah you know um yeah uh I a lot of the time early on uh there was definitely some cockiness to that like uh, my manager jokes sometimes about how uh I think he he tends to say like you're about three to five years in and you get really cocky because you finally start having a hang on what you're doing a little bit uh, and you're more confident in your abilities uh, and that's when you start kind of you get the little bit of the ego and then a couple years later you're like oh <laughs> like I really had no idea what I was doing then um, but you know during those first little cocky times I was just like yeah man I got this I got this I I know what's up here like. And, you know, sometimes you do, like, you know, not to say, like, somebody who's relatively inexperienced can't knock a piece out of the park, but, I don't know, it, you know, honestly, tattooing, it was never something, uh, even when I first started out, it never made me terribly nervous. Um, I, it, I don't know. Was it more of a thrill of the uh, the unknown, just to kind of, was it more yeah, of a thrill to you? Yeah, it was exciting. You know, I think it's part of that thing I was saying about solving a puzzle. You know, I even looked at my technical skills that way. Um like above and beyond the artwork itself. Like, I mean, every every new day was something exciting. You know, I remember the first time I really worked with a client that had incredibly difficult skin. Um, I, and I still remember this to this day. It's fine. I've never run into somebody who had skin like this. Um, it was like tattooing through clay that had pop rocks in it. It was horrible. Like, I, it, wow. it just every time I would do to run a line, I would run into, I, I'm assuming, like knowing a little bit more about the skin now, I'm assuming he had something like, uh, like hyperkeratosis or something like that, where you have like deposits of things like, you know, near your hair follicles and that kind of thing. Um, but they were definitely very rigid and, I mean, they were very hard to tattoo through. It was incredibly difficult and it took me a while to figure out how to work with that, you know. But every day is something like that, you know. It's, it's uh, you know, you're you're not only making art, but, you know, it's, it's a negotiation process between you and, and the person you're working on. And if that's uh, a 17 year old girl who can't stop checking her phone uh, and is getting a piece on her rib cage, and you have to try to figure out how to keep her still long enough to not make her tattoo suck. You know, like every part of it is some kind of challenge. Like, um, so I guess it was important to me. It was important so, early on to kind of just look at all of it and be like, no, I got this. I got this. I have to get this. I have to. Like, I don't have a choice. This has to be good. I have to make it good. <laughs> like, Sorry, I was just kind of chuckling with the idea of, of, you know, that, like you said, the 17-year-old that's, you know, trying yeah. to Instagram with a duck face to show that oh, she's getting tattooed uh, and you're in the back. Like, would you just pl- step, w- just, s- please? I have a... <laughs> I have a um I have a really super nice sign uh in my booth that was uh custom pinstriped for me um by uh an another artist that I know that I met at a convention and uh it says uh stop fucking moving 
it's a really nice, cheerful looking sign, but you know, I, I definitely, I, I felt the need to make it like people really don't understand uh, that if I have a needle in you, you, you gotta stop moving. Like it's, seems fairly basic when you say it, but uh, it's something that very, very few people really can can actually do. They don't realize like every part of your body is connected to every other part of your body. So, uh, you know, when you're kicking your leg around, it's moving your shoulder. Uh, so that's that, that honestly is probably one of my biggest challenges. Uh, like just trying to get people to understand, like, uh, I would rather not screw this up and I'd rather you not screw it up also. So, um, I had a girl, um, this, this was actually the first client I, I declined a project, a further project on, um, just because of how poorly she sat. I was working on her collarbone and, uh, while I had my needle in her collarbone and I was leaning over her arm uh, to get at that area, she lifted her arms up and took a flash photo for her Instagram. So not only did she move all of the area of her body I was working on to abruptly take a photo, she also flashed her camera in my eye. <laughs> like, And I just looked at her and was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, why would you do that? Like this, this is a this is a persistent challenge for us, especially lately with the rise of, uh, especially Snapchat. Snapchat is uh, has become my least favorite one for that reason, because you know people things don't exist unless they're on their stories. So, so before you got into tattooing, you were talking about going into it was cultural anthropology, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, which I, I mean what kind of similarities do you have with that now? Like, I mean, and this is my perception again of cultural anthropology, but I mean, looking at a culture and kind of seeing them evolve, what made the culture, what it is. Um, do you find yourself kind of being that cultural anthropologist because of the, I mean, extremely unique subsection of the, of the culture that you actually inhabit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, you know, honestly, uh, I feel like I'm doing field research all day long, actually. It's not only is the culture of tattooing itself fascinating, the people that are drawn to it, but um, almost every faction of society gets tattooed, you know, whether uh, you're talking about, you know, uh, doctors or, you know, um, like like the gamut of my... Uh, clients and the things that they do is is stunning. Like I mean, they've tattooed uh, every profession from um, lawyer to uh, you know, people who program for video games to sex line operators to uh, you know, I mean, like at all every everybody everybody gets tattooed. So it's you get a very unique perspective on. Um, you know, and they're in a position where, uh, you know, like our, our job is to make them feel comfortable with us. So we could hear a lot of their stories. You know, I, I, could, I really, um, as, as much as, uh, you know, I'm not terribly a fan of being social, like off the clock. Like I, when I'm at work, I find it fascinating hearing about people's lives and, and their priorities and the things that they find interesting and what they're passionate about. And um, I, I get to talk about that with people every single day. And um, it it it's very rarely boring, you know. Even when the people themselves are not terribly interesting, it's still interesting to me 
to, to hear why they're getting tattooed or what, what, what role that plays in their lives and, you know, like, um, what they do with their free time, you know, um, so yeah, I, I definitely feel like I still get to participate in that on a pretty regular basis, you know, quite possibly even more so than I would have in an academic setting, so. Yeah, it almost sounds like um, like the field research that you say is going on. I mean, it, you never know. Maybe you've got a, a future where you'll get back and go get that master's in a cultural anthropology with a ridiculous amount of all research at hand, you know, to, uh, yeah. you know, maybe maybe 10 years is going to be a little easier for you than you thought. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Mm. So the, what would you classify, I guess, I don't know if you can, so, but the, the your style of tattooing or what you prefer to do, like, what style is that? And, you know, just, you know, help me so I understand, but what are some of the common styles that you mm -hmm. see out there, you know, within tattooing? Um, well, I guess, uh, like, one of the big ones lately, uh, I, I think they're, what are they calling it, um, neo-traditional or kind of illustrative work. Most of the work I see kind of falls under that, and most of the work that I do probably falls under that also. Um, like, it's, uh, neo-traditional is kind of classified, uh, or I guess the, the, the big hallmarks of that are fairly bold colors and bold line work, but, um, you know, kind of like, like, classic traditional but like with a updated take on the subject matter um and like maybe you know slightly more um well not slightly like considerably more realistic drawings in a lot of cases but still holding to a lot of the the hallmarks that make tattoos tattoos you know big bold lines and you know um, levels of detail that'll hold up over time and that kind of thing um i know uh the chicago show coming up the convention um a lot of the artists in Chicago uh, are pretty well versed in traditional, uh, like American traditional tattooing, which is, you know, the um, stuff with big bold lines, simple themes, uh, daggers and skulls and that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff, which I, I have a ton of respect for. It's never something, um, it's one of the few styles that I really would consider myself, uh, like, not particularly uh strong in like I whenever I try to draw stuff I always overcomplicate it you know it's it's hard for me to to think about in those terms um to simplify my drawings to that level and you know I I'm throwing in gradients of colors in there that never would have been in a tattoo in the 1930s you know so that that's definitely not a style I would say I excel in but that is a that's a pretty popular one I think it's one that most people kind of think of when they think of tattoos you know um lately there has been a strong rise in a lot of like black work and geometric stuff, uh, more ornamental styles, like things that aren't necessarily objects, but they, you know, they, they decorate the body, they complement, uh, you know, um, they're, they're meant, they're not really meant to be, um, actual objects or representing anything in particular. They just, you know, they're just cool designs that people get, which is, it's been cool to kind of see that evolve also. You know, I have a lot of clients come in and they, they say, oh, you know, if you're going to get a tattoo, it has to be something meaningful. And the nice thing about tattooing, and especially over the last years and how it's kind of evolved, yeah, you know, it's definitely people are realizing, you know, whatever reason, whatever your reason is for getting tattooed, it's not wrong. You know, if you want to do something meaningful, that's cool. If you want to get a bunch of uh, geometric dot work just because you think it looks cool, it's also cool. Um, so that's been that's been rising in popularity. Um, traditional Japanese like has you know, it's been around 
quite some time, continues to be around. Uh, um, there's uh, hype, like photorealism, realism. Um, I don't see a ton of it in the area that I work in, but uh, there's definitely, you know, there's a lot of really, really, really amazing uh, realistic work being done lately because of both advances in, um, you know, technology that we use with our machines and our inks and, you know, the longevity of those things and the preciseness of the application. And also the fact that um, a lot of the people getting into the field now are uh, just big art geeks. You know, they're not they're not getting into it just to make money. Like, they're getting into it because they're legitimately interested in art, and this is uh, the venue um, that allows them to do that and make a living. So the amount of talent in the field right now, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And that's especially uh, noteworthy in... Uh, realism work. There's just some of the stuff that is being done and just, it blows my mind that it's even a tattoo. Um, so, yeah, I guess I would say that those, I'm probably forgetting some stuff. Oh, um, one of the styles that I started out working in that I really liked a lot um, is uh, uh, New School, which is uh, big, bright, bold colors, like exaggerated line weights, uh, like ridiculous subject matter, uh, just silly things, you know, uh, exaggerated proportions. It's probably my favorite style to draw in, and it's definitely the one that I have the most fun with. Um, but it's something that's so silly that mostly just other tattooers get it. You know, it's not one that anybody particularly uh, takes seriously. You know, like a lot of clients come in and they specifically say, I don't want anything cartoony. So um, it just isn't something we get to do a ton, but um, it, it's, it has a, a special place in my heart. So, um, And I assume yeah. the new yeah, school style, that's, um, is that kind of what you put into or is that the style that you use in your Christmas cards or something similar to that? Yeah, I would say that that typically is is uh, a a lot of the work that I do outside of tattooing tends to fall into that category. You know, it's just like cartoony, but it's not. Um, it doesn't look like Disney. You know, it's just it's. it's yeah, I mean the one that comes to yeah, mind I'm, that I remember seeing you do was the uh, it was the whale with the helicopter, like propellers above yeah. it. Yeah. Hilarious. I don't want to say hilarious in like a mean, funny, haha way, but when I kind of saw it, I mean, it's like, Um, it was a really good drawing and you did that on somebody, correct? uh, Yeah, yeah. I did recently tattoo that design on on a client. Yeah. It was originally a design I made for stickers. Okay. Yeah. Because the way, I mean, I remember seeing it, um, I think you had posted it, you know, just something you had been working on um, with pencil. And then uh, all of a sudden, you know, I saw it in my feed as it was on somebody's, I want to guess, something was shoulder or maybe cash, something like that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was absolutely amazing. The blues were, I mean, off the chart that you used on that. Thank you. You know, one kind of cool thing about that style, uh, or one, one noteworthy thing about uh, New School is uh, just like... Uh, the color saturation, like, is it's really, you know, big, bright, bold colors and, like, really, really saturated, um, you know, like, everything's filled in with, with some gradient of the color. Like, it's just really always been pretty eye-catching to me, you know. That's definitely something I, I really, really enjoy. So I had an interesting actually, cover. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, actually, a, a pretty good amount of my own work is uh and when i say my own work i mean work on on my body uh tends to fall under that style so the so i had an interesting conversation uh, a little while back uh with another artist aaron record and and he does 
black and white portraits that are very large, um, really cool mm -hmm. artist. And what was interesting when he and I were talking was the business side of things. So he works through a gallery, what kind of mm -hmm. um, support they give, so on and so forth. Okay, since you can't, I hope you don't, hang your finished product up on a wall somewhere, um, you know, in the same way <laughs> I mean, that, that yeah. well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, under normal in quote circumstances, it usually walks out the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. so when you're in a shop itself, does it have a similar feel of support that a gallery would, you know, from the standpoint of like, they're trying to help promote you and, and help your business? Because, you know, one of the things I found interesting with with Aaron was regardless of how talented you are, if you can't use your skill and treat your skill in a business professional aspect, all it is is a hobby, you know, and you have to make that decision on, do you want this to be a hobby or do you want this to be a business? And so, you know, I kind of posed the question to you of, you know, what did that look like to you when you were starting into this, where you're like, okay, I'm definitely going to move this from a hobby to a business. And, you know, does the shop help promote you in the same way a gallery would? Mm, I have <laughs> seen shops. I, I, well, yeah, I, so I, I've worked in a lot of shops. Um, I had definitely a lot of positive experiences in there, but the vast majority of them, as far as the shop can, were concerned, were, were, were fairly negative. Um, you know, uh, one of the things about, um, I'll I'll never say that owning a tattoo shop is easy because I mean I don't I don't know like I mean I would imagine owning any business probably isn't easy but um you know from from just a like a non practitioner shop owner's point like everybody just kind of fends for themselves you know we're we're all independent contractors and uh, like we're working under the umbrella of a shop but I mean. Tattooers kind of, and most artists in general are kind of, I mean, we're, we're selling an individual brand, you know, so we're not really selling the shop for them, you know. Um, my ideal, I would love to work for a place that had more of a team collective, um, where we all promoted each other and we all, uh, the shop, uh, I don't know, just seemed like proud of the output that we were, that we were making and, and that were a thing. It was more of a, like an art community than just a bunch of individuals working at a place where nobody's really paying much attention to what anybody else is doing and the shop doesn't really care as long as they get their cuts and, you know, they're more concerned about their bottom line than trying to uh, create a culture and an environment that's conducive, you know, to making art and, you know, something that they're proud to put out there to the general public. I mean, that would be amazing. Um, but, I would say that that definitely uh, not only has not been the majority of my experience, but it's also not the majority of uh, existing tattoo shops. But, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, with a lot of the changes in the industry, um, and a lot of people, uh, I don't know, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't tons of problems and drugs and violence and stuff in the industry, but it isn't like it was, like, 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, like it's definitely, it's, it's more just a lot of art geeks now. So um, you are seeing a lot more things happening where uh, the shops are kind of um, coming together and trying to promote the artists or it, they're doing gallery events. Like there was a shop I worked uh, for in Chicago uh, called Ageless Arts. And uh, uh, since I've left, I uh, the owner uh, purchased a secondary location, and he's fairly, you know, from what I understand, frequently has uh, community events and, you know, art things, and he promotes his artists, and, 
you know, uh, as far as I know anyway, like that's the impression I get from social media. Uh, so, um, you know, I, but it, it's, it's ideal, you know, that's definitely the thing that you want because, um, I mean, you know, you, you can make art in the void, but, uh, it's just a lot more of an experience when you're coming together with a community uh, and a shop to to produce that. Um, it's, in my opinion, a better environment. So it's, it's definitely the goal. Um, is it something I've experienced a lot? Not particularly. Um, it's something I would like. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, not at fault there also. I mean, like one of the things I was saying earlier about uh, the job being uh, – something that you need to have a lot of self-motivation for. Um, I'm, I'm not always the best at that, and that's definitely something that I've tried to improve over time. But, you know, it's been a big stumbling block for me. Like, when you have nothing uh, pushing you to do something, uh, you know, most of us are fairly lazy. Like, a lot of the times you're just not going to. Uh, so it's something that, you know, I struggle with. Um, but moving forward, definitely my goal would be to put that effort into having a more collective experience in a shop that does kind of promote us in the way that a gallery would, because I know it just feels, it feels like a better community. It's it's a better thing all around for everybody. When, so I, you know, I agree. I mean, as an independent um, contractor as you are, I mean, one of the things that I go through is I work outside of our main office quite frequently so, yeah. you know, I'm in a different hotel room, you wake up in the morning, like, what's my routine going to be? Um, so you try to create these, you know, standards or at least default modes that will hopefully um, create a positive impact on the rest of your day. So when you were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, setting the goals or, or whatever it might be in order to make sure that you stay on top of stuff, what do you end up doing where when you look back, you're like, damn, I was productive this week. You know, what are some of those things that you end up doing or at least repeating to where you feel like they they build momentum? You know, um, I actually find, uh, weirdly, I'm the most productive at work when I'm doing a lot of work outside of work. Um, And I don't mean like, you know, tattooing out of my house or something gross like that. I just mean uh, when I'm producing a lot of my own artwork, um, I just have the momentum to keep things rolling a little bit more. And, you know, when you're putting out your own stuff, uh, you know, a lot of times, like, your clients will gravitate toward, you know, getting the stuff that you're putting out. Like, whenever I draw something and I put it up for sale, I'm, I'm usually pretty able to sell it, you know, like, with, within a fairly short time period of putting it up. It's just really a question of, um, you know, I wouldn't say having the time to do that, making making the time to do that uh, and, you know, keeping that a consistent priority, you know, which is, uh, yeah, it's really hard to do when you're, you know, hanging out at home and there's Netflix and there's PlayStation and, you know, uh, you know, you, you don't need your dogs there and you can hang out with your dog and, um, like, you know, I don't feel like drawing and getting all my stuff out. But it, it really, really, really is crucial to maintaining your own passion for stuff. Like, if you're able to, um, you know, just draw your own stuff. Um, yeah. I, I get a little burned out on uh, tattooing sometimes when I don't, I don't always want to do my own projects or I don't always necessarily need to, but if from the get-go of every single design that's coming in, if I don't really get to put any of my own flavor into it, over time I start getting kind of annoyed and resentful and, you know, you get a little burned out and, you know, during those periods, like, you know, production kind of halts, 
you know, when you're frustrated, one of the first things to go is usually your creativity. You know, like I've heard some artists can channel their frustration into uh, artwork, and man, do I wish it worked that way for me, but it definitely doesn't. Um, so I have to kind of force my own hand in it, or at least I have to be aware enough of my own process uh, to know that the thing that keeps me moving is creating my own content. Uh, and when I'm able to be creative, I'm more productive. So it's just a question of getting that ball rolling and keeping it rolling. Gotcha. It's a perpetuating cycle. You know, you, it's uh, it's interesting because even within work, I've always noticed that those are those of us that are busy, and and sometimes it's me, and I'll admit sometimes it's not. But you know, when you look around at who gets the new projects or the different job or the exciting whatever, insert what it is. It's usually the person that's busy because you kind of inherently know the person who already is busy or they're producing has momentum. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. a lot easier to, you know, take a person that has momentum and have them produce a little bit more faster because they're not going from zero. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I didn't used to see this process, I guess, of myself because I, uh, like during during the fall and winter, I would say, like, uh, we tend to slow down quite a bit. And you would think that during that time when it's slow that I would get a lot more done outside of work. But, I mean, honestly, it's one of the times that I draw the least because, you know, I don't have that momentum going, you know. Like, I would love to be able to do that. And, I mean, I, I could. I just, you know, am, ambition, motivation, you know. Like, as an independent contractor, it's just, I mean, I, I don't know how it is for you, but it's keeping that momentum going is probably my biggest struggle. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I am I work for a company, but like I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a part of the, the big corporation, but most of the time I'm out on my own pursuing projects and things like that that support the overall company. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, you know, like right now I'm in Nashville and uh, working and you know so i gotta when i woke up this morning it's like all right what are you gonna do you got things to get going you're gonna meet with a customer what are you gonna do in between those times you know and and so i completely understand where you're coming from it's that you know you're trying to ebb and flow and you know one of the items that i've i've discussed with a couple other people that i've talked to is the difference between being productive and being busy do you ever find yourself oh, struggling yeah. with making sure you're in one and not the other Yes, absolutely. That is a huge struggle. Um, like uh, our, our busy time, uh, which a lot of people, I think this is funny too, uh, typically during tax return season, um, people have a little bit of extra money. We uh, go crazy busy during that season. Not so much this year because, of the, I don't know, like taxes just seem to have been a little weird for people this year for one reason or another. Uh, well, you know, I'm just trying to, we can, we can figure out the reasons, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, when you're when you're going through um that that period of time, a lot of the clients that you have in are maybe not necessarily ones that you deal with on a typical basis. So I find myself doing a lot more projects during that time um uh, that are not on my more regular clients and they're not really typically things that are in the style that I prefer to do things in, which is not to say I'm not interested in doing those projects. It's just not stuff that um, I guess I'm I'm terribly like inspired by or you know it, it doesn't keep those creative juices flowing. It just means I'm incredibly busy uh, and and in 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 my head not really getting a lot done. You know like if I'm making money and I'm working, but um, the way that I measure my own 
uh, level of productivity is by how much what I consider art that I'm putting out. Like, and it's just not to say that everything that I do uh, needs to be, you know, fine art or anything like that. You know, I, ultimately we're performing a service for people. So what is most important at the end of the day with my job is that I give my customers a product that they're happy to wear for the rest of their lives. And it doesn't always have to be art. You know, it doesn't always have to be something profound or it doesn't have to be something that's to my taste. It's, that's not part of my job, you know. Um, I mean, it is, but, you know, it, it's not the the main part, you know. It, it can be artistic if that's what the client wants. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're performing service for people also, and I have to keep that in mind. Um, but when I feel the most personally productive in what I consider the overarching span of my career is when I'm outputting the most artwork, um, whether that be personal stuff or, you know, like work-related stuff. Uh, so, you know, when I'm just, like, kind of busy doing busy work, I, I definitely find, you know, there's not a good balance between, you know, uh, like what's satisfying to me and just being busy, you know. Just that's that's kind of when you, you burn out a little bit. So, long span that you've been working within tattoo industry. I, I'm kind of struggling how to uh, do. I call it tattoo industry. Is that how you would properly refer to? Um, a lot of a lot of people say industry. Um, they're definitely uh, so. Um, I think this was about a year and a half ago. Now I went to. Uh, a seminar. It was called the Explorer Conference. It was a three-day-long educational seminar that they had up at Loyola University in Chicago. It was one of the first of its kind. It's a, it's a, it's a intensive educational thing, uh, like exclusively for the tattoo, uh, you know, industry. I guess. Um, and one of the artists that was on one of the panels, um, you know, when kind of asked about that that term. Um, he pretty strongly objected to it, you know, uh, he prefers to say tattoo trade, um, which is definitely something I've tried to pick up myself because I, I just, you know, as big as it's gotten, I don't like to think about it as an industry because, um, I don't know, like the, the connotation of that to me is just all these third party things that see it as a big trend and they're trying to make money off of us by selling aftercare products that we really don't need. And, um, like I'll have clients come in that have bought, uh, tattoo goo at Walmart, you know, because it had the word tattoo on it, so they felt like they needed to buy it, when I absolutely don't suggest that people use any of that stuff. It's not necessary. It's unnecessarily expensive. Um, it's just, it's just hype. It's hype that's being built around us, and to me, like, when I, when I say tattoo industry, that's the stuff that I think of, I guess, so um, I look at more what I do as a trade, and, and a lot of us are trying to make a push for just referring to it as a trade. But, I mean, honestly, like, if somebody else says it, I don't sit there and say, oh, I don't, I don't correct them. You know, it's it's not wrong. It's just, it just has a different feel to me personally, I guess. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not a snob about it, so. No, but it's, I, I, I really like the perspective because that's why I was asking is because when I say tattoo industry, I, I kind of think of everything that goes around it. And it, it mm -hmm. yeah. takes away the the artist. Like you wouldn't say, you know, like my friend Aaron, I was talking about. Like you wouldn't say, you know, art portrait industry. You would just say, you know, oh yeah, art, you know, he's an artist, which I guess encompasses the trade kind of moniker with that. Yeah, and it does it dehumanizes a little bit, you know. And like, I mean, one of the, I mean, the the, the main thing about. Uh, being an artist is, is that you're you're a craftsperson like and you know core of that you're a person that someone is buying uh art from 
like, and they come to you because they want that specific thing that you offer. And uh, I guess with the growing popularity of it, uh, I think that the reason people, you know, call it industry more is because a lot of our newer clients held it, you know, maybe are people who wouldn't have been getting tattooed 20 years ago. Um, they have a slightly different perspective on the whole thing than uh, than I might, you know. Like I have always, I like tattooing because, I mean, I just like tattoos. Like I like the culture, I like the history. Um, I like them. I like the way they look 20 years from now. I like the way old people look with tattoos. I, I just, I, I think it's all cool. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people who are getting tattooed now who maybe don't really have as much love for the actual craft as they do for, um, you know, getting getting their little little piece that they can put on Snapchat and have their experience, and you know, uh, you know, have all their friends say, "Oh, that's really cool," and you're super edgy, and you know, it gives them that little moment of uh, feeling something different in their day than than what they might have. And it's not necessarily the tattoo that's that meaningful to them. It's just really more having that experience, I guess. Um, and I, I just, you know, I mean, like I said before, everybody's entitled to experiencing this in the same way. We just see kind of a lot more people now who are getting tattooed who just, you know, they're not they're not terribly interested in the tattoos they're getting, which is very strange. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, when I say industry, like uh, I generally tend to think about people like that who see us more as, uh, you know, like, somebody on uh, like a food assembly line making you a burrito you know they're not really thinking so much about what you have to offer them individually they're just thinking about you know well you know does this infinity symbol like fit all the names in it that I requested you know it's it's just more of a production assembly thing you know and I refer to you as a technician you know which is you know it's fine you know I I I, I get where they're coming from, and I get that they don't necessarily have the same perspective on art that I do, but, you know, it's uh, that's the industry. That's not the trade. <laughs> it sounds uh, it also sounds, uh, at least the way you're describing it, to me, the first things that came up was uh, transactional. That was the first word that came to mind. Yeah, as yeah you were very talking transactional. Very, yeah, uh, very much uh, Very customer, you know, kind of client-vendor relationship, very sanitary um very yeah. within the lines which um yeah i mean having known you for a good amount of time i, I definitely could i understand i appreciate the perspective so if mm-hmm. let's say you've got that new person a little cat that walked mm-hmm. into your uh your shop and 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 showed you some artwork and you looked at him and said hey this is really good have you ever thought about going into the tattoo trade how would you know what would you suggest to that person that you know you you either didn't get or maybe you did but how would you help guide that that new person coming in since you've got a long you know journey you've been on within this this trade well you know um yeah that's an interesting question i i actually that is something i fielded here and there you know because you do have a lot of people that you know they want your advice on how to get into it you know and um I, I have I have had a few people come in, or you know, not even come in necessarily. People that I've seen uh, that are really stellar artists that I will tell, you know, hey, this is just something to consider. You know, I don't, I I wouldn't say I don't particularly actively encourage a lot of people to get into it, just because, um, you know, it's it's a tough road. It's it's a it's a long, it's a long haul to solvency in the industry or in the, the trade. You know, um, I. 
uh, I had a tough time with it. It took me a lot of years to get to a point where I really felt confident in what I was doing. And, you know, it's like that for all of us. It's definitely not an easy path to walk. It's not the easiest to to make the amount of money we make. I mean, like, I I do all right, you know, but, uh, like, there are a lot of ways that I could have made the same amount of money with, like, way less work and stress and gray hairs, you know. Um, So I... I tell them first and foremost, if they express some interest to me in trying to get into it, I tell them, you really have to love tattooing. Like, um, loving art is one thing, um, but you really, really have to have a passion for tattoos, you know, because, I mean, that's primarily what you're going to be dealing with. I think a lot of people kind of go into it with this illusion that uh, you're going to be spending a lot of time working on your own artwork. And, you know, for select few, that is true from the beginning. But for the vast, vast majority of us, we don't get to work on any projects that we're really that stoked about until, you know, a ways into it. You don't have that much creative control early on. So um, when they say, I'm really looking forward to this uh, because art, you know, I I always kind of internally groan a little bit because I realize how much they're setting themselves up to end up resenting it. Because um, it's just as, you know, like as much as it can be about that later, it generally doesn't start out that way. So um, I tell them the most important thing is uh, please just go get tattooed. You know, like we really have that passion for um, actual tattoos and um, be prepared to uh, eat a lot of shit for a while. Um, you're going to be uncomfortable. Like you're not going to, like somebody's going to tell you, well, you'll know when it feels right. I was I was actually just telling somebody this last week, um, there's uh, somebody I know who is in the process of starting a new apprentice, and, you know, he had been told a few times by uh, his mentor, uh, well, you, you'll know when it feels right, when the machine makes this noise, or, you know, um, when it feels like this. And, you know, early on, well, you don't know what feels right. Like, you know, I had a, a lady tell me uh, when I was starting out, well, you know, every artist has their own preference about, like, what ink they use. And I said, well, I'm sure that's true, but being that I've only been doing this for about a month, I can't really necessarily say I have a preference yet, which is why I was asking you if you had a recommendation. Um, but, you know, pedantic tattooers, you know, she, uh, she didn't have any real feedback for me, I guess, on that. But, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, like, so I just, I told him, um, like, take everybody's advice with a grain of salt, including mine, you know, you're, all you're going to get is people's opinions. Uh, and and you have to trust eventually, and this was a big one for me, because I had a lot of people tell me this, that I would eventually know, like, what feels right, you know, like, what what voltage do you line with, or, you know, like, what, what what's your hand speed? Um, like, eventually, you will feel what's correct. And that's a really weird abstract thing to try to explain to somebody. And I really didn't know that until I was trying to explain it to him and I realized like how little a handle I actually had on trying to explain what I actually do all day. You know, like how do you explain to somebody what it feels right, like to be the right depth in the skin? You know, like that's a really, really hard to explain concept. Um, like how do you know when you're watching the ink pool up around your needle that you have good saturation? How do you know how much to stretch the skin? How do you know what that feels like? Um, when you're first starting out, this is just all the stuff that makes you shit your pants and wonder if you're ever going to figure it out. And you just have to have some weird blind faith that you're going to because you will. You will eventually, and I did eventually. It's And now it's just something that um, it's just muscle memory. It's reflexive. I, I know it's... Um, 
you know, just inherently. Um, but it doesn't start out that way. <laughs> There's just a lot of questions early on. And so, I mean, I think the most important thing, uh, like, to tell people who are in the process or is just, you know, it's trust it. And you will figure it out. You just have to keep with it, even though it's a weird abstract idea and it really doesn't make any sense knowing that something feels right when you have no idea what that is supposed to even be or what that entails. Yeah, I think that's solid advice from, you know, the way you've discussed your time in the trade is you have to go into it knowing that regardless, you're, you're going to love what you do. You know, love is, you know, an abstract root, but you have to basically, you will until, you know, that statement. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. you have to want it bad enough to know you want it bad enough. It's, it's, it's an oh, interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, it's, it's the, probably the best advice that anybody getting started into something will have the hardest time wrapping their head around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you were saying, you know, you, you have to really want it. Um, like, that's, it's just, it's so true. Like, uh, we'll have people message the shop uh, Facebook and, and ask, like, oh, are you guys taking premises? And, you know, I, I just, I, I can't help but kind of roll my eyes with that stuff because, uh, like, I just, I wish that I, I could properly explain to them, like, if you're messaging us on Facebook about something that you should be incredibly passionate about to even be considering, you're already not a good candidate for this job. Like, this is a job that you have to jump into face first, and you have to stick with it like you're trying to hang on to a roller coaster that you're not strapped into. And uh, it's just, you know, like, you got to be hungry. You have to be really hungry uh, to get into this and stick with it and have a lot of passion. And, um, you know, it's just like I, I just see a lot of, like, people kind of casually, you know, they, they'll come in, they don't have any tattoos themselves, and they just, they're 18, they're just out of high school, they don't know what to do with their lives. Oh, my gosh, that being a tattoo artist might be cool. And I'm like, no, not for you, it won't be. <laughs> like, you, you, you already don't want this enough. This isn't that kind of job. It's not casual like that. Like, this isn't, you know, I've heard people say, like, well, you know, I just I just feel like I'll just tattoo part-time on the side and I'll do this and that. And no. Like, you just, you, you owe it to your clients, uh, the people that are honoring you uh, with uh, the privilege of, of marking someone forever. Like, they're putting a lot of trust in you. Um, and they're letting you do something that is extremely important. They're feeling extremely vulnerable to you. You owe it to them to to care a hundred percent of the way. Like I wouldn't, I I just I wouldn't want to know that my artist uh, just kind of strolled into a tattoo shop and said, No, I don't know. I guess doing this would be pretty okay. Like it's just it is just in that kind of job. There are plenty of those kinds of jobs. It just isn't one of them. Yeah, it's uh, would I would not want to be talking to a, a tattoo artist in the same way that you know I kind of think about it when you think of trades. To me, you know, there's some commercials I've seen around where there's a doctor that's kind of just like, yeah, it's a side hustle. You know, I just do this every once yeah. in a while. It's like, well, what? Yeah, right. Wait, what? Yeah, you know, I do appendixes, you know, every once in a while, just when I can fit them in. You know, eh, you know, gotta make gotta make a down yeah. payment. <laughs> yeah, I got all money to pay. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not the guy you want. No, no, definitely not. 
Well, Kat, I want to be really respectful of your time. I know we've been talking for a little over an hour. Um, we could definitely keep doing this. Maybe we'll have a round two, round three in, in the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you would, please let everybody know how they can get in, get a hold of you, uh, harass you about being a potential, uh, you know, apprentice for you. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and the shop you're at, if they want to go in and meet you in person. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess, uh, the, the, the way that I tell people is probably the best way to get a hold of me is directly contacting the shop. I work at Old Anchor Tattoo. Um, our number is 269-321-9690. Um, I currently am in Friday through Tuesday, but um, I also encourage people, though, like if you're going to follow any tattooer, uh, like your best bet is to track them down on as many social media apps as, as you can and follow them that way so you can, you know, keep contact with their travel schedule and, you know, just kind of, it, it's also... Uh, social media has been an amazing tool for us. Instagram is amazing for tattooers because, uh, like, it's just, it's the best way to follow somebody and see all their most current artwork without having to deal with, uh, you know, like, news feeds on Facebook or, you know, that kind of thing or, you know, having to wait for us every, like, 6 to 12 months for us to print out a new physical portfolio or that kind of thing, you know. Um it's 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 really really great tool. Um, so uh, my Instagram page is just tattoos by Katrina. Um, my Facebook is uh, and it's Katrina Kateri tattoos. Um, but yeah, like those those are those are the top. Um, my email address is uh, also tattoos by Katrina gmail dot com. I try to keep it simple and give everything more or less the same name. So right, right. Yeah, and I'll make sure, uh, uh, I'll definitely put links to those in the show notes so people can uh, track you down that way. And uh, I know you've got the Chicago um, Tattoo Conference. Is it a conference or a festival or what What would that be? Okay. Yeah, a convention. Convention, mm -hmm. there we go. That was the word I was grasping for. I was running out. My Fithora my <laughs> is uh, running low today. Um, yeah. so yeah, this is Chicago. Can... It's out at the Wolfmont Convention Center, uh, or no, what do they call it now? The Donald E. Stevens Convention Center out in Rosemont. Uh, yeah. So that should be a good time. Um, I definitely encourage people who are interested in tattoos to check out conventions. They're a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and it's a great event for the general public uh, to just go and uh, not only like check out artists that are from their area, there are people there that are from other areas and they're uh, usually going with some cool tattoo designs that they want to do. You might be able to hit up somebody and get some, like, really cool custom artwork. And, uh, you know, nowadays tattooers usually have a lot of cool other stuff for sale. Like, they'll bring a lot of their own artwork with them, you know, their own paintings and things like that. So it's just it's a really, really cool thing, uh, cool way to go see a bunch of really, really unique, interesting stuff and meet a lot of cool people. So anybody interested in it, I definitely recommend checking it out. Awesome. Well, I hope you have a fantastic time at the conference. We'll definitely look forward to doing a future meetup and uh, maybe hey. go into some of those uh, Uber stories I enjoy reading about every once in a while on your uh, your social media feeds. We can definitely yeah. uh, slot some time for those in the future. Oh, God, I could do probably an entire episode just on my bizarre Uber experiences. Challenge accepted. <laughs> we'll We'll put that one out there in the future, so. Well, thanks again, Kat. I appreciate the the time today. And anybody who yeah. wants to follow Kat, definitely take a look in the show notes. You can follow her across all sorts of social media in the interwebs. So thanks a lot. Appreciate the time.
Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right, talk later. Bye. That was a doozy of an interview, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I really enjoyed her insight into the difference between calling something an industry and a trade. Really appreciate that perspective that she shared with us. So definitely check her out. I'll be putting her links in the show notes so you can click away and follow her amazing artwork and what she's up to. Once again, if you enjoyed this, you really liked it, a little bit of support would go a long way. Like, share, subscribe, comment, five-star review. All of that really helps. I appreciate all the support as I'm going through building out this podcast. And once again, just thank you to everybody that's been listening. So once again, just remember, growth happens between dawn and dusk.